Welcome to episode 56 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I cover chapters 69 through 72 of Tracy Wolf's Covet. And in this episode, the gang finally makes it to the Dragon Corps, only to be met by Nuri and her guards. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, episode 56 and news and announcements, fun news and fun announcements. Um, Amber, do you want to tell them the fun news and fun announcements? Yes, the the fun news and fun announcements is when you are listening to this episode, I mean, not right now because I'm in the future, Uh, (laughs) I will be in Barcelona about two minutes breathing room from Tracy. (sighs) breathing the same air i'm such a stalker (laughs) um i will be yes staying very very close to the book signing event in barcelona which is held at fnac um in the one, one of the shopping malls can't quite remember um and i will be in the queue waiting for my ticket if you so choose to come and join me um hopefully i'll be recognizable but if i'm not I will try and find a stupid hat and take a selfie on the Instagram stories or something so that people remember what I look like. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. It's the weirdest not holiday I've ever been on. Yeah. Um, She's going, it was a very whirlwind. Going alone to Spain to meet. Yeah. And today is my, today is my wedding anniversary and I am flying out the next day to the city where I was proposed to on my own. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, Mr. Amber Marie gave me um, some spending money towards some Spanish versions of the books as well. So Does Tracy have a translator? I don't know, but I'm not volunteering. <laughs> I was going to say, you could stand there the whole time <laughs> and translate. God, no. I, like, I, would, I would offend both both people (laughs) somehow um when i say i'm fluent it's definitely conversationally and normally when i get to a word like a stumbling block word where i'm like i don't know the direct translation of it i will do the longest route around that word to describe what i mean and then the other person just stares at me and goes do you mean this and i'm like yeah (laughs) yeah that (laughs) that that word sure um yeah, it's it's definitely something that you have to kind of lean into as well. So day one, within the first 24 hours, I am so rusty because it's obviously a completely change in scenery. Um, and it's usually by like day two or three when I start going, okay, I remember this. I'm getting back into the swing of this. And that's usually when I leave. <laughs> so um, hopefully I won't offend anybody. Please feel free to come and speak to me in Spanish. But lentamente, por despacio, por favor. Because... Um, it's a very jolting thing to be suddenly spoken to in another language. Although you recognize it and you know it intimately, you almost have to have that forewarning that you're about to be spoken at. Otherwise, you have no idea what you're saying. You have to have a chance to change your, your frequency. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because it, it's like tuning in a radio. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the, the longer frequency. you drive... And then, and the longer you drive towards a town that has the better signal, the the more secure that frequency is. And you're like, okay, yes, I've got that perfect, perfect 
signal now that I can hear my song. But then again, you drive further away again and the, the signal just dies and you get rusty again. All right. Yeah. So go go startle Amber. Yes. Startle her. She really likes to be afraid in public. So go up behind oh. her and, and yell boo <laughs> really loud. She's yes. It's her yes. favorite thing in the whole we're world. Tr- we should try. Like, it's like come up with um, like maybe just say congrejo, which is crab. Cangrejo. <laughs> just 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 jump up and say cangrejo. What's where in Spanish? There you go. This is this is where werewolf. In Spanish, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it's like something hombre lobo. So is it hombre cangrejo? <laughs> Man crab. Man crab. Crab people. Crab people. <laughs> I would cry with laughter if somebody just jumps on me and goes hombre cangrejo. <laughs> uh, uh, even 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 funnier if you said it in English, like directly translated. Man crab. <laughs> man crab, man crab, man crab. <laughs> All right, guys. And I I'm, I don't know if I'll be... Uh, I'm going to attempt to go to the Pittsburgh uh, December 2nd um, meet and greet. It will be at a Barnes & Noble, but no promises. But if you are going to the Pittsburgh one, uh, feel free to post in the Crave the Book Podcast Tea Room on Facebook and yeah, we can maybe collab if I can end up making my schedule align with all that. But um, it's sad because you would definitely be better at the leading of an interview than I am. Well, <laughs> I'm very much a. I will interject with stupidity every now and then. I I want to go. I I really do. Um, but it is a drive in the winter in traffic with my entire family like it's not just going to be me it's going to be me and husband and child so we'll see i would i i really want to go but we'll we'll see um okay so we're entering like some of the best chapters of the book (laughs) which is fun we didn't quite get there today but uh last week amber we didn't do a spoiler alert and it was your... Did we not? No. I just had to throw the howl into a random part. <gasps> so... Oh, no. For everybody who hasn't read all of Covet or Court, um, Amber, do you want to go ahead and give them... Actually, do we have... We don't have any Court spoilers in this. Uh, no. No, we don't. Okay, so... You you might actually be safe if you haven't read Court, unless we decide to come up with something. It's literally, else. Um, and, to, and to be honest, the, the the spoiler that I had written was only a spoiler because I didn't know why he looked uncomfortable. But then we read the chapter where it was revealed why he was uncomfortable. Oh. Well, so actually, we only have one spoiler, and it will be unspoiled in the next two three chapters. Okay, so. Pretty much, guys, if you haven't finished Covet, then then you might want to listen for the howl that sounds like this. But assuming that you have finished Covet, you should be good to listen to the whole episode. So that's fine. Um, that's I think this is the first time that we've been able to do that, where it's like a safe, yeah. it's safe to listen to. So 
we've we, we have we haven't done the the safe to listen to ones but we definitely have done the unsafe to listen to ones like the entirety of the court ones yeah, the whole the whole episode. like if you have not read court please do not listen leave abort <laughs> mission <laughs> i'm gonna have to listen to that um uh episode on the plane i think yeah like a little refresher yeah because it's a two-hour flight and i think if i can download the spotify episode i can listen to it and go okay now i now i remember where we left off and you don't have to re- reread the whole book <laughs> no there's no way that i could do that i mean it took me nearly 24 hours i think it was something stupid um so yeah i oh. think i'll be all refreshed all right. So we left off with Grace had just talked to Flint about going to the Dragon Court. That way Flint could, you know, have some have some friends around him bringing Luca. And we weren't sure if that was because he was, you know, coming out to his parents or if it was just meet my new boyfriend. I, I'm I'm still unsure. I'm pretty sure that his parents knew, though, based on some things that come later. I, I, I do think that not they... even just that. Yeah, you know, I think that sometimes parents, if they are very vigilant parents, they know, and very open and honest parents to themselves as well. Um, but yeah, the amount the amount of times that I've I've seen my friends go to actually come out to their parents, and their parents are like, "Oh, thank God, you finally told us, right. Jesus Christ, we've we've known um, all along." Yeah, we've been waiting for you to tell us so that we didn't have to act surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do obviously know that it does go very, very, very differently for a lot of people. And my heart goes out to anybody who's in that situation. But we do know that Flint doesn't seem to be speaking um, from a place of fear. It's more of a, f- a place of like, I want my moral support to be there. Not, uh, I can't tell my dad or I'm not secure in my sexuality yet. It's, he seems to be very comfortable with Luca. And he also seems to be very comfortable with all of his friends knowing. And he has never once said like that he is scared of telling his parents. Yeah, it just seems to be nervous jitters, like new... So maybe it's not actually coming out to his parents. Maybe it's that this is the person that, although I have been fawning after Jackson for a very, very long time, this is the person that's now making me happy. And it is almost like an approval thing from his parents rather than a coming out thing. Yeah, because Nuri knows that Flint likes Jackson. She's known all along. Yeah. And also Jackson is, um, he's from a place of like a high status court, whereas Luca is not. He's he's not from oh. the royal family. So maybe it's, it's definitely like an approval thing of like, mother, I wish to marry a peasant. Well, Flint definitely has a type, which is vampires. And uh, Nuri obviously doesn't like vampires. So... It it might have also been a case of uh, another vampire, really. Yeah, maybe because so, the the yeah. dragons seem very anti-vampire, or at least Nuri does. So, so well, I mean, she's kind of been given a lot of reasons to. Oh be yeah, anti-vampire. 
I don't think it's necessarily a racism thing. No. It's, a, <laughs> it's the other way around. Yeah. Like, you you can definitely start to, like, begin to be very prejudiced towards a certain culture if all they have done to you is persecute you. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, Grace wants to go talk to Jackson, though, because she, mm-hmm. she like, realizes that during her birthday party, he gave her back the sketch. And ever since then, she's like had this feeling that, you know, something, something terrible is wrong. And this is, you know, last week we talked about Jackson cutting ties and how, you know, in the real world, those are big red flags for, you know, a a potentially suicidal person where they start kind of tying up loose ends and, making it a point to apologize and and give away belongings and i think that she she acknowledges that in a way where she's like he's trying to to cut ties yeah and there was the best the best sentence that like genuinely now i've read it and i'm like i am so glad she said it in the way that she said it um because even though she's 17 she said it in a very adult what she's 18 now 18 manner um and she said i can tell something is wrong with him something more than just our breakup although i wouldn't dream of minimizing that pain to anybody um and that like that is a really adult sentence to say is that like i know that there's something wrong with them they are clearly upset about something and i can i'm aware of it being an additional pain to the pain that he already is valid of feeling yeah um, and that, like that, that like, I was like, yeah, like I, I know people who were like, oh, they've gone through a breakup and they go into depression, but it's not the breakup that is causing them the depression. They were already susceptible to depression anyway. The breakup just tipped them over the edge yeah. and back into that dark place. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that she seems to be quite intuitive towards that and is very aware of it already. Um, but it is a bit sad that she doesn't get to have that conversation with him. That she, she seems to be very, like, every single conversation that you ever see in, in in all YA and to be honest, any movie, any, any kind of TV show, it's like, I need to tell you something. And that one person's, I need to tell you something is way more than the other person. Like, hold on, let me, let me go first. And yeah. then they say something. And then the thing that actually needed to drive that conversation is lost. Yeah. And is, 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 is never said. And if you are in those moments, please actually tell them, like, no, right now I need you to stop. Your thing may be more important, but if I don't say this now, I won't ever. And then just say it. Be brave and just say it. Because the amount of times that something will happen for you to then just not or chicken out it means that a thing won't be said. Um, and I mean, how many times do you get down, like a few chapters down the line? It's like, why didn't you say anything? Why did, like, you should have tried to at least say something. And no one ever goes, I did try. And then you distracted me with something else. Yeah, and I don't like... And ADHD is awful for that. <laughs> I don't like the direction that Grace went with it either because she knows a lot of the pain that Jackson is experiencing is part of the breakup. It, it might not be the breakup itself, but it is definitely 
a result of the sequence of events that happened. But then Grace starts bringing up, like, their happy memories together. And that's not necessarily what you should do after. Like, if you want to sit and think of the good times and you can think fondly back on a, on a relationship and think, you know, oh... At least, you know, I can carry these positive memories. That's good for you. But I feel like bringing those memories up in conversation with that person who still obviously, you know, is hurting over you, it, it kind of leads that person on a little bit to say, like, remember when we went and built a snowman? Remember when things were simpler? Like... Well, not even just when simple things were simple. She said when things were perfect. Right. Which which then kind of makes anybody else listening to that conversation think that things aren't currently perfect with her. And I think what she's saying is that they aren't perfect between her and Jackson. But they never will be because they don't have to be. Yeah. Like, me and Starla don't talk to each other all the time. And you don't always tell me the reasons why you fall into a pit of despair. But that doesn't mean that our relationship isn't working as right. a friend. It just means that you'll come to me and tell me when you are ready. And I go, oh, I did think you were quiet. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I didn't notice you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it really, really frustrates me that she said the word perfect. Mm -hmm. Because that, like, if that was me in that situation as Jackson, I'd be like, oh. So she's not happy with my brother. Right, an opportunity. Uh, not that he takes it like that. Um, he takes it quite badly. Yeah. In the way that he's like, oh, well, maybe it's even like, a, oh, so even though it's not perfect with Hudson, you're still choosing to be with him and not me. Right. And it was kind of like a, well, we were just silly kids back then. We were children. That, like That pissed me off. Yeah, that really pissed me off. That sentence of um, "we were children," Grace, and I was like that. Comparing their relationship to almost like a childhood crush, like "oh, we were infantile and small," and our relationship, relationship did, it was insignificant. Yeah, yeah. or we were fools mm -hmm. because like children don't pick their boyfriends and girlfriends based on compatibility. No, um, they pick on accessibility <laughs> yeah oh you're right next to me because you sit next to me in class so therefore <laughs> we're boyfriend and girlfriend now or because somebody goes oh you're so cute together or because your parents call them your boyfriend or girlfriend that also infuriates me it's like we're going to go and see his boyfriend theo and i'm like why do you try and put a label on this thing they're five right um I mean, I, I do it with my dog, though. The so, dog doesn't know. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but, but Jackson saying, like, we were we were children. Like, dude, that was just a couple months ago. You're still children. Yeah. You haven't even graduated high school yet. You are still... I know that, like, when when you graduate, that's, like, the signifier that you are an adult. And I remember feeling like I was an adult when I graduated. But as a 30-year-old, I look at those who are graduating high school and I'm just thinking, like, you guys are at the very beginning. You are still holding on to the essence of childhood. And you'll hold on to that. I would say until, like, 
I don't want to say 25 because I felt like I maintained it until I was like 27, 28. And I think that once I started nearing 30, that's when I started realizing like, oh, shit, I'm an adult. Like mm -hmm. 25, I was like, yeah, I'm still I'm still in my 20s. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm, tw I'm 29 and I still... I feel very much like an adult when uh when I whenever I go uh out and I go like for example I I go grocery shopping and the person serving me is quite clearly 16 17. Yeah. And I'm like did I look like that? Did I look that young? Yeah. When I was 16 17. And I'm like I probably did. But to me the the age difference is is almost exaggerated. Because we don't really hang out with any 16, 17-year-olds. Yeah. Because that would be weird. <laughs> I very much, I, I think about it and I'm like, I very much feel like a kid who puts on like big people clothes. I think I, I use this exact line in the channel I where Vivian says, I felt like an imposter putting on big people clothes and going to big people work. Mm -hmm. Which is how, how I coast through life. I don't think that there is ever a point where you realize, like, oh, crap, I'm an adult. Like, I really do think that we maintain the essence of what we are our entire life. And there just comes a point where your body doesn't work the way it used to. And then that's the moment when you realize that you're older which happened which happened to me in my 30s and i assume it'll happen again when i turn 40 um i also feel like our like I, and i don't know whether i've spoken this before because it, it i definitely remember repeating it to a few different people but i feel like we experience time in a different context to children as well so a week for me passes in what i feel like used to be a day a blank a kid. yeah um when I was when I was a kid and when I was specifically um, sort of 14, 15 year old, the days seemed to not, not necessarily drag, but I had an entire wealth of time to be able to do things. Um, now I'm an adult and I'm like, there are not enough hours in the day. Where did those hours go as a kid? Because it can't all be energy related. No. Because it's... I still have the energy. It's just the other things take your time up that as a kid you didn't really have to do you had a schedule i don't actually have a schedule so maybe people who do have a schedule experience a lot more of the free time no than i do i know no i have a schedule and i don't feel like i have enough hours and then again no you don't you don't because you don't leave the house to go to work and yeah. then leave work to come home and then whatever is at home is at home and whatever is at work is at work because we both work 24 7 yeah yeah um so I, that's what i mean by a schedule not like we don't block time block or right or separate our time i i just mean that kids they go to school and then they come home from school and then that's their afternoon that's their evening and they can do whatever they want they have to fit in homework but they can do whatever they want yeah. And I'm like, when I, I, I don't have children and I still don't have the time that I would have had had I had children. 
Yeah. You know, when you're like, um, so you, I don't have to suddenly come up with the dinner plan for my child and I don't have to sit and help them with their homework and I don't have to try and make sure that they are dressed in the morning or had their breakfast or packed their bag or take them to the school bus. I don't need to do any of that. But I don't seem to have accumulated that time <laughs> Here's the thing: else. If that time was taken away from you, though, where you did You'd have to it. suddenly do that, you would notice immediately. It's all about adaptability because it is, yeah. it is very draining. But because it's second nature, because you do it for so long, it doesn't really feel like it mm. because it just becomes a part of you the same as taking a shower is a part of you. Brushing your teeth is a part of you. You don't think about it because it just is. It's an activity that you know you have to do. So, um. yeah, I also do. I do definitely notice that time, although is very very fast in some places, is also very like slowed down in others. Where I'm like, oh my god, I don't have time to do the dishwasher. I don't have time to cook dinner. And then I actually time myself, like check the time when I start and I check the time when I finish. And I'm like, that actually only took me 10 minutes. Why do I keep psyching myself up to think that it will be hours? Right. I'm the same way. Um, and right. I'm like, okay, so, so maybe Jackson is also is experiencing adult emotions well, for ad- the first time. I don't know because he's so old. Why would it feel... <laughs> We were children for six months for a paranormal should be a blink. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think that he's experiencing the passage of time the same as a teenager would. But that would be an utter hell to be as be that old, but be stuck for years in the state of like the mindset of a teenager, which is arguably, you know, maybe your best experiences are when you're a teenager. Not not me. And I'm. Assuming not you either, but for most, you know, they say their teen years <laughs> no. is is their best. But, you know, it it is the part of your life when there's the most uncertainty because there's the most evolution taking place in the brain. And that would just be a shit place to be stuck for, like... Everything, everything is heightened. Yeah. When you're, when you're a teenager, everything is heightened. All of your emotions. So the happier times are happier. Yeah. Because you have the hormones to fuel those happy moments. Um, and I do look back on the times and I'm like, those, those like scent memories, the, the, Mm -hmm. the auditory memories, um, those are a lot stronger from when you're 14. For example, your music taste will always revert back to what you listened to when you were 14. Oh yeah. And, And I'm like, what was it? Like Jackson never had those years. No. Because they were so dragged out. <laughs> yeah. So his his experience of being a child isn't the the time frame between age one and age sixteen, seventeen. His is a hundred and blah 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 years. I can't remember so exactly suddenly, how old he was. Suddenly he's an adult? Like that no, that doesn't make sense. But maybe it's because for the first time in his life, since since Hudson is back, he's actually having to realize, okay, my entire paradigm has been shifted. Yeah. I thought my brother was evil, and now he is not, 
and I'm dealing with the fallout of him coming back to life, but I was the one that killed him. Yeah, it's it's the first because big, I thought he was evil. Big responsibilities that Jackson has had, including you know, being mated to Grace, being responsible for Grace, having to mm-hmm. make sure that Grace doesn't get killed based on you know things that she was completely unaware of. So yeah, yeah, and like he's going back to London continuously to almost make peace with his parents to stop things from happening. I mean, it, he doesn't seem to be doing a very good job. Yeah, of that. Um, but yeah, just that whole like kind of exchange really frustrated me. Was just, just like nothing was actually communicated that should have been communicated, and almost they kind of insulted each other. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, Grace obviously goes to his room, and it's even worse than it was last time. There's, There's even nothing. less in there. Um, like almost like he is moving out. He is preparing to go and that should have fueled her conversation with him and it just didn't she just gave up yeah because she doesn't want to she doesn't want to hurt him but yeah and the way that he completely dismissed what she had to say anyway because there was time there was time to say these things um she she goes uh, jackson I, i need to i need to say some things and he he almost went shut up i'm going um, which is really dismissive of her. And you would never do that to someone that you love unless you are like in the most stressed moment ever where you're like, please just shut up. I need to concentrate. But he just turns tail and leaves in like the most Batman-esque exit ever. He, yeah, he jumps out the window and he just nods. disappears. He nods. It's the nod and then jumps out the window back. I, I'm hoping it's backwards, like diving off a diving board. It was <laughs> uh, this idiot... Um, and it makes me wonder, like, does he, like, actually, like, stick the landing or does he float off? Like, some weird, <laughs> completely, completely vertical standing up man. <laughs> I would, I would float. See, if, he, if he can, if he has, like, telekinesis, I would make sure that, like, I, I would lean into it and, like, almost get a broomstick and pretend I was a witch. <laughs> or I would get something that, I would get, like, a Swiffer duster or an <laughs> item that wasn't a broom and and write yeah. that instead yeah like i would have fun with it but he doesn't seem to have a any kind of humor no in him even when him and grace were trying to make jokes with each other like i swear he just googled shitty jokes the thing is he was very proud of himself every time he did make a joke like it was like am i doing it right like am i am i being a funny <laughs> no you're not being a funny at all you're being weird yeah but yeah Anyway, so he's he's off to London because uh, Delilah's mad about the last time that him and the Order went to the vampire court. Apparently, they left, like, in a hurry. So she's not impressed that he took off so fast. So now he's going back. Um, where would the vampire court be in London? Because we know where there's the... so many old buildings. It could probably be like Tower of London or something. Hmm. I mean, London is is big, but it's not as big as some of your cities are. Um, and it's mostly outskirts. Like the center of London is just a lot of bridges. <laughs> um, do you, do you... And the and the landmarks are very spread out, like 
the Houses of Parliament, Big Ben, London Eye, um, Natural History Museum, um, Nelson's whatever battle at the Trafalgar Square. Like all of those are actually like really like spread out. You have to get a tube to each one. Um, but there's no real like notable parts where you're like, yes, that would be where a vampire court would be. And I think that they wouldn't want to be in the centre of London. They want to kind of want to stick out. But then I was like, oh, Cyrus likes to eat people. So maybe That's he wants true. like a constant flow of traffic. <laughs> yeah, like the Volturi in um, Twilight yeah, I was having kinda, tour, tours yeah. coming in. Um, but I was kind of thinking like maybe like an abandoned subway station, you know, like one of the ones where <laughs> like they can just convince the, the train driver to stop at this this station and then it continues on but it's not an actual official place meals on wheels oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just yeah. waiting in the dark like yeah. do you think that the queen was aware because in in um don't mention the queen <laughs> in Hel in helsing um which is my, my favorite like vampire anime the queen is like aware of the vampires like the vampires are kind of secret but she like works with them like she's like super sweet and like loves the vampires because they do a service maybe you should watch Helsing there's uh, there's all kinds of it's all it's everything takes place in London so it's all references that go over my head but yeah. <laughs> well I mean it's, it's not too hard yeah I mean our, our, our culture is very weird yeah very very weird and very old. Yeah. I mean, a queen was probably older than your country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grace um, wakes up Macy the next day to go to the uh, dragon court. And Macy's complaining, wanting to know why they always have to leave in the middle of the night. But they have to leave in the middle of the night because of Hudson. Um because he'll get arrested if he's caught off of school grounds, which important to note that Nuri promises uh, Finn that the students will be treated like royalty. And that's the only reason why Finn is letting them go more on that later. Um, <laughs> but my favorite lines were Grace saying to Macy, it's my job to make sure his ego is in check so he can always fit his head in the door. And then Hudson says, and it's my job to always push your buttons. And then Macy says, are you guys talking in some sort of sex code? <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird, because so, all I was thinking about were elevators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pushing all the buttons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, apparently Hudson was, but Grace was unaware. <laughs> pushing all her buttons. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like, they, they seem, she seems to be, like, unaware of just how filthy Hudson's comfortable talking around her. Yeah. Which is quite adorable, really. Um, but maybe we'll find out just how far that goes in, within their relationship in Cherish. Oh, I hope so. I Last night we read, me and Taylor read the chapter of Crush where Jackson asks Grace, does Hudson really know what color underwear you're wearing? And Hudson's like, yeah, 
<laughs> black with white polka dots. Mm. You should wear the red ones next time. My daughter lost her mind for some reason. I don't know why she thought that part was so funny. We've done like the laundry room scene and everything already, but for some reason that particular line she thought was the the funniest thing. But maybe, maybe because she she thinks that that's just a laughable pattern. Maybe she's like, well, may as well have Hello Kitty. <laughs> right. Uh, under underwear are funny. <laughs> yeah but so they get to because grace doesn't know where the dragon court is she's like the only one who doesn't know um but when they arrive she realizes oh crap we're in in the middle of new york city and then they walk into this super fancy building and it turns out that that is the dragon court right in the middle of nowhere um Flint moseys right up to the reception desk where there's a older lady working who, you know, is, is hitting it off with him, who knows who he is and has apparently, like, watched him and his brother Damien grow up. Um, but I noticed, like, Flint immediately, like, when it comes to the older ladies, like, he goes straight for the kill. Like, he goes into... Charm. Yeah, he goes right in to woo them. And I was laughing at this because that's what my husband does when it comes to, like, if we if he is talking to anybody, like, an older, an older woman, like, especially little old ladies, like, he immediately, like, goes to charm them and, and get them flustered. And it's, it's, like, I don't know. I think that it's the cutest thing, like, when an little old lady gets like flustered and you can tell that like you know what i mean like when you flatter a little old lady yeah i think i definitely think that it's something that men and boys who are definitely mummy's boys are able to do they're able to achieve it very easily and it's because they've managed to get away with everything for their entire life just by speaking in the right kind of way. Well, and it was also, he asked, he's like, I want to see pictures of those grandbabies. Like, when you tell a grandma <laughs> that you want to know about their grandkids or you want to see photographs, like... Panties are on the floor. Exactly. Because old ladies, they want to share. They want to share stories. Actually, old old men are the same way. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think that it's just, nobody asks them, like questions like that and they have such a wealth of historical knowledge backed in their brain after years of walking this earth that when someone asks them to to pop the cork and release some of those stories they are just flattered that somebody is interested yeah because i'll be so i'll be honest i don't really when it comes to like sitting and talking to grandma about old stories like i wish that i'd done that with my grandma's but the idea of sitting down with, like, an older person and, like, talking about, like, when I was a young child, I'm like, that sounds awful. It's usually the same stories over and over and over again as well because yeah. they've just they've, they've got to that, that repetitive loop. But the moment that you ask them about something that they did in their life, it's almost like they come alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I do find that they also go off on a tangent as well, especially when they're, they're not quite with it anymore with either, like, Alzheimer's or dementia they, they they go off on a tangent and it's really funny to just go oh, what what's the connection <laughs> like right. what was the thing that led them to completely different and and then they go oh and yeah and i saw tracy the other day and she she said it that you were the, the bestest son she's ever had and i'm like 
it's lovely to hear, but where? How did you get there? We were talking. <laughs> we were talking about chicken. What's going on? Yeah, no. The, talk, talking to old old people it is really fun, and there's it, it. I think it only becomes boring when they're the, your own grandparents because you've heard the same stories over and over and over again. Yeah. But the moment that they're gone, you'd give anything to listen to that boring story just one more time. Or you think of all, I always think of the things that I didn't ask. So. Yeah. 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 Um, and they're usually the most interesting of characters because they've literally done everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so b- before that happens... Um, I, I wrote down, I was like, I don't think that there's any city in the UK that I would be that excited to, like, just pop into and go, oh, my God, Edinburgh? Oh, my God. Yay. Yeah. Like, they're all really nice and they're all really, really pretty. But there's nothing that I'm like, oh, my God, I would have never come here had it not been for this turn of events. But you're surrounded by things that are arguably more historically interesting in terms of architecture and 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 things but in the u.s if we were leaving the country we'd have canada and mexico which you know yay canada (laughs) um we've got some really interesting things in the u.s we do have new york city we've got i mean every every state is almost like its own country you've thinking about somebody from New York and then thinking about somebody from Texas. You don't even live in the U.S., but you can picture something in your head, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And it's probably very stereotypical and not at all indicative of the majority of the people who live there because I lived in Texas. I think I, I, think I definitely have a washed-down version of the stereotype, not because I am trying to be woke, but because, <laughs> but because I obviously don't know all of the stereotypes like we can't tell the difference between your accents um to us like we can tell whether you're from the south that's how it is for most that's people about, but that's about it um yeah but like we, we wouldn't be able to tell nor, um east from west we like it would only be if we for example watched a tv show which we knew was based in california and then, therefore, any accent that we heard that sounded like that TV show, we would kind of go, okay, maybe they're West well, Coast. California isn't very different than Ohio. Ohio, you occasionally get somebody that has a bit of a Southern accent, but that's not indicative of, you know, of anything, really, because Ohio has so many. Ohio is a such a saturated state. Nobody realizes that, but we have, in terms of population, we have... You know, not obviously not comparing to like California and stuff, but we are one of the most populated states. Um, but if I said, you know, give me picture somebody from Jersey, you know, you could do, nope. you could give me that that Jersey, the Jersey accent, um, Brooklyn, you know, the New York accent. You you got. Uh, but I'd be able to give the accents, but I would be able to come up with an image of them. They don't have. I mean, they kind of just look like white people, <laughs> like. <laughs> You, I mean, they're, and not to say that they're all white, but when you are, like, looking at, like, most of those stereotypes, like a Texan, most people are picturing... Tech, I just think of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, most... Like, I think genuinely is like, okay, think of somebody from Boston. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Mark Wahlberg. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, my brain goes, okay, that person, what do they sound like when they speak? Okay, that person. Yeah. But if you gave me an accent just, like, straight up with no context, I would really struggle. <laughs> yeah. But Mainly because they all kind of merge into one. Like, you wouldn't say that... See, this is where, this is where I'm going to show my ignorance. But, like, Alabama, Mississippi... Georgia, like all of those accents to me are very, very, very similar. Miss, the farther south you get, the more muddy the accent. It sounds muddy. <laughs> it sounds like the southern accent. It's almost like a southern accent with a mouthful of marshmallows. Okay, that's that's the only way that I know how to describe it. It it gets you call it you, the accents get muddier because. You get you get more into like the ba Less clear. bayou swamp, you know, like um, like uh, uh, Remy, you know, he's he adds in some Cherie. yeah, he adds in the different dialect and stuff. But anyway, um, oh, and so the where were, the lady, the secretary lady, I can't remember her name. I, I just read it and I can't remember it. What what was your note about her offering Flint? <laughs> She said that she picked up some cookies on the way for him because she knew he was coming. She didn't. She didn't say that. She, oh, she said that I was that was contextually understood by you. So Flint said she used to bring the best cookies to us as kids. Then she pipes up and goes, "Oh, and also I got these for you." Um, and she, and he goes, "Oh, don't tell me they're those black and whites." And I'm like, "Excuse me." So you don't you don't have black and white cookies? No. No. And I only know what they are because you told me last year when I asked exactly the same question. Did we when I read through Covet for the first time. Oh. Do you have a group chat? You don't know what they are. Uh, well, I know what they are now, but I can open the I, I can open the group. Yeah, chat. I I just sent you a picture. It's a, it's basically a boring cookie that is half white icing and half chocolate icing. Or a, yeah, we don't have those. Tuxedo cookies? They look like the Pringles man without a face. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so the whole crew is about to go to their rooms. They're heading to the elevator when bam elevator doors open and it's nuri and her guards and immediately she's just like seize him and seize him seize him and it, obviously they're there for hudson um and then the whole crew is just like no uh you're not taking our boy and hudson's like now wait a minute <laughs> so yeah i think it's like the the amount of like emotion that Hudson starts displaying when everybody is like, you gotta go through me first. And they say, and me! And me! They all stand like, no! And I was expecting like Gimli to come out, and my axe! <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, that, that, that line has been so ruined for me from people dubbing it over, and my ass, that I've it's been ruined. <laughs> But my favorite was Eden. She just comes in 
So like Hudson's 10 million times the man your son was. Oh my God. She comes in and she's like, like, to be, to be honest, Nuri, your son, kind of a douche. He, (laughs) he he had it coming. And by the way, Hudson is 10 times the man that your dead son was like, Oh, damn. (laughs) Would you like some aloe vera for that? Oh, shit, girl. She ripped into Nuri, and Nuri was not impressed. So she's like, okay, well, in that case, you can go down to the dungeons with him. And Flint's like... (laughs) And then suddenly Flint is like, hey, 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 freedom of speech, (laughs) y'all. Freedom of speech. We... We can't be like Cyrus and arrest people because they disagree with us. And and Nuri's like, the hell we can. But the guards even <laughs> were the guards were looking a little bit um Yeah. They were they were like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and I think Grace goes like, Whoa, 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 Nuri, this is very uncool for you. She's like, That's Queen Nuri to you. And I'm like, Oh, pulling rank. Oh <laughs> She got spicy. Yeah, but Hudson's like, now now, I will go willingly. If you let my friends go and Yuri looks at his cuff, like, haha, you know, because he, he, oh, he, he threatens to bring the whole building down and she looks at his cuff and then he just unlatches it and it falls to the ground. So he hasn't been cuffed this whole time. <laughs> He's had his powers the entire time. And Grace is just like, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> thing is she'll have no idea whether he's been using his powers at all or not because how would you know yeah yeah i'd like to think i'd know i don't know i think that that that's the purpose of the power (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah essentially um nuri leads hudson away in 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 cuffs new cuffs that actually work and she kind of is, suddenly goes, all right, shall I show you to your rooms? <laughs> like, complete, like, 180 flip. Yeah. Um, to her new guests. And uh, Grace just, like, kicks up a stink the entire time she's being taken to her room. And um, she pretends to be um, undoing her suit, like, rummaging through her, her suitcase just so she has something to do while Nuri just stands awkwardly at the door you didn't stop at chapter 73 i didn't read that chapter yeah that was chat you said stop at 73 i read i read yeah 72 oh so you didn't get to her room no no just just hudson getting taken away well nothing really happens in that okay well (laughs) um grace is like absolutely you are not shutting my door because Nuri goes to like shut the door and Grace suddenly gets that panic of being locked on or locked being in. locked up again. Um and it's essentially just a stalemate between her and Nuri where Nuri goes to shut the door and Grace goes, um, no thank you, and shoves her stone arm and foot <laughs> between the door door frame. She's like, um, no thank you. <laughs> and she went, um, oh okay. And apparently Nuri didn't even look offended. She was just like interesting i'm intrigued <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think that it was um we i can I, I can remember reading this from the last you know three times that mm. i've read covet but i i think that grace underreacted i would have been way kicking up shit yeah i would have been a terror if somebody took my man and was just like, and now would you like to go to your rooms? Would you, anyone like refreshments? 
Like, uh, no. The thing is, I, I think the Grace is as much as she's like, okay, yeah, I want to go with Hudson and I want to protect Hudson. I think she's also like, if I'm with with Hudson, I'm also imprisoned and I can never get him out. Whereas right now I kind of have... Right. I have not just got, like, diplomatic ability to get him out. I might be able to persuade Neri to let him out. Um, but also I can still get him out because I still have my powers. Yeah. Whereas if she's in if she's in a, a prison cell with him, she's also cuffed and she probably doesn't even know whether she would have her power still then. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Hudson, like, had clearly had his powers the entire time and still didn't use them... Nuri should have known that something was a bit weird. Yeah. Like Hudson and his like all lending evil. And it's like, haha, ta-da, see? I have been I've been free this whole time. For months. Now you may handcuff me. Yeah. It she 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 seems to be definitely acting upon like a heated revenge now, rather than justice. Wait a rather than being a queen. How did Hudson get his cuff off? Was it broken all along? That's, no, that's a spoiler. Oh, I can't. I couldn't remember. Okay, we'll save that's that. That's a spoiler. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get into. Well, there's, there's one. There's oh. one. So one. There's one more thing. Oh. The, and 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 that is Grace begins to distrust Flint oh. again. Um, because obviously she's like, how did this happen? Flint invited us to this event where we thought that we would be safe. We we got assured by Uncle Finn and by Nuri and by Flint that we would all be treated like royalty and that we wouldn't have anything to fear. And the moment that we step out of the portal, you arrest him. Um, and Flint also doesn't react to Nuri arresting him. I think it's so only when Eden goes... Yeah, I think that the reason is because they just talked about his brother and then he had that memory of him and his brother running through that lobby, like playing. And it was so fresh in his mind because he fi he returned to court and he got overwhelmed with the memories of his brother that in that moment, even though him and Hudson were already like cool with each other, the memories made him start to, you know, revert back. But also, like, that, right that moment, she wasn't acting like a mother to him. She was acting like a queen. Yeah. And maybe he just kind of felt like she would pull rank and do it regardless of what he said anyway. Um, and then when Grace accuses him or, like, at least asks him, like, did you do this? Did you have a hand in this? He just kind of flails around like a fish and goes, uh, 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 uh. So... I'm like, I mean, not, I'm not surprised Grace starts to have her doubts about Flint again. But at the same time, he had such much, like, character development and literally had that time on the tower and things like that. And I'm like, I wish that she had just a bit more faith in him because he's obviously redeemed himself. And wouldn't you also be shocked at the way that your mother acted if that happened? Yeah. And just be like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, I thought she was over it. Um, and kind of almost embarrassed as well that you have invited your friends as guests to this house on the assurance that they would be safe and then your mum literally contradicts you the moment that you walk through the door. Yeah. So anyway. 
Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. A woo, 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 woo. A woo, a woo, a woo. These are all yours. <laughs> but Well, both yours. I so, guess one is we've already kind of covered. Um, Hudson talks about his cuffs, and I can't... I think it's when he's in the Ethereum, when he tells... Uh, before he tells... Before the Ethereum, he tells Grace how he does it. Because she asks him, "Have did you manage to do it again? And he's like, no, these are different. Mm. Um, he disintegrated a element of the clasp as they were being put on. Got it. Um, but yeah, apparently he was completely unable to do that in the prison. And then therefore that was one of the reasons why they were so like, oh shit. So <laughs> it's truly, truly cuffed. Catmere has the off-brand knockoff, the, the Walmart, yeah. the great value cuffs. Well, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was that, like, they completely separated them from their other entities as well. It wasn't just a magical cuff of like magical dampeners or removing removing your abilities. It it separated you from your alter ego. Yeah, your paranormal side. So yeah, um, maybe they were just um a bit more heightened because I mean, obviously, you wouldn't use the same handcuffs in a prison as you would with an elementary school. I mean, they do have chains and shackles in the basement. Yeah, maybe that's for a different reason, though. Those kids are horny. I think that they're from the Dragon Court when the Dragon Court was located at Catmere Academy. I see. I still have that, like, they're for the werewolves when they're training on how to... Not be naughty. (laughs) Bad dog. Bad doggy. (laughs) On the chain. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the other spoiler that I had to say was like, why does Hudson look uncomfortable when he's going through the portal? Because Grace almost like dismisses it. It's like, oh, maybe I was, maybe I invented it. And it wasn't, it was because he, he knew he was about to face the mother of someone he killed. Yeah. Oh. Which is really like sad. He knew that it was coming. Which he could have handled um, it better with Nuri, I think. I, I think that rather than going immediately on the defense, he could have, you know, tried to be a little bit more diplomatic in his approach. But he immediately, like, I mean, he did he did say that he would go with her. But I don't think that he handled it in the best way. Maybe leading with no leading and also with an apology based, based on what he did, yeah. And I mean, based based on what actually happened as well when he sat in the, <laughs> sat in the dungeons, making the guards play ballly, whilst um, Grace is shitting herself, thinking that something bad has happened to him. Um, he's literally like made the guards just roll, roll the ball. A ball between each other, <laughs> um, and he's been free this entire time. But he was just waiting, so. Did he have complete faith in Grace to get him out anyway? Or was he just waiting for his fate? Like, he was like, I'm free right now in terms of I'm not currently in a cell, but I am just waiting for my dad to turn up. Um, I... Because what was his plan? He didn't leave. I think that he probably assumed that they would get him out. But then he was really surprised when Grace turned up. But it was Grace by herself, like all on her own. Yeah. Like I think we have to get to those chapters to like Yeah. Remind ourselves. <laughs> but yeah. Alright. Uh, and yeah, those those are my only spoilers were were bas- basically caught 
uh, cover in the next couple of chapters. Um, but I'm I'm very much looking forward to reading Grace's debate with Neri, where she's um, trying to convince Neri to let Hudson back out and that she needs to join the fight against Cyrus. And she also finds out how to escape the prison as well in a very cryptic way. Yeah, Grace gets super sass talking to Neri. She, like, really, that's, like, one of the, the first times that she, like, Shart starts sh- sharts. That's the first time that she sharts. No, that's <laughs> no one wants that. <laughs> it's the first time that she starts actually like defending her position as queen. Like she starts acting more like a queen of her own court. So yeah. Um. So next week's episode, Amber, are you going to attempt to, like, set up your phone, like, with a little tripod and record your interview with Tracy? Uh, I'm hoping so. It all depends on whether she's able to give me an interview. Um, Because we don't know quite what either of our schedules are going to be like once I get there. Um, I'm going to message her and and just kind of find out what she's doing. Um, And either way, I'm going to try and ask whether I can record, because it says that I'm not allowed recording software within the book signing either. Oh. So it definitely has to be a separate well, event. Um, play it by ear. If you have to do it like a written thing, we could maybe cover the interview in our next episode. If you're able to record, that would be better because we can just make your interview our next episode and then the viewers could watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know what next week's episode is going to look like. It will either be... Better bring my hair straighteners. <laughs> <laughs> it'll either be about episode or our next chapters um, with the Dragon Court or it'll be Amber's interview with Tracy. So we will see. And if not, you know, it'll just push our normal weekly episode back by one week because you'll get a super special exclusive episode the tracy edition the tracy edition yes it may be like the closest she'll ever be to the uk and and the podcast right now (laughs) i know uh yeah hopefully one day we'll actually be able to invite her on to one of the episodes she gave me her uh her email address it's just I, I don't want to bother her when she's in, in the middle of writing a book that I know has a deadline. <laughs> also, she's on tour. Like, she's currently in Spain now. She's yeah, in Madrid. I saw. So uh, I also know that, like, she's she's not able to just suddenly jump jump onto doing a recording interview. Right. Um, but, yeah, I will try and do it on my phone. And if not, we'll come up with something else. All right. Well, guys, maybe she can record on her phone. <laughs> record. Each of you record. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We don't know what next week is going to look like, but hopefully there is a super fun episode in store for you guys. And until then, feel free to join the Crave the Book podcast tea room so that you can uh, talk about the tour and maybe Amber can share some pictures and things in there. But I guess we will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.